Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, along with my buddy Keith Hirschland here. If you look up there on his shelf, your screen, home screen left, high one there, you see a little gold statue. And if you're in the media business, you know what that is. That's an Emmy. So... First of all, tell us what exactly you won that for, Keith. I already know, but um, and and what was it like actually winning one of those? Uh, surreal. It was what what it was like. We had, you know, it was I, I you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I'm not exact. I don't exactly remember what year it was that we won, but um, we won the the Emmy for uh, it's like a it's like technological advancement um, uh -huh. in the, in the industry. And, and we had a feature that we incorporated into, into our golf telecast called Aimpoint at the time. And now a lot of golfers know Aimpoint as the, the system where the player kind of stands, you know, a couple feet in front of his ball with measures with his fingers or her fingers, right. how much, you know, how much it's going to break at the, at, when we did this, I think it was 2006, maybe, or 2007. Um, Aimpoint was an actual digital line that was that we could project onto the green to right. show exactly how the putt broke. And we kept it on the screen as the player hit the putt. So as soon as the player hit the putt, if it veered off the line, you knew that he was going to miss the putt. Um, and we had a ball with it. It was, I mean, it was a huge expense for the golf channel at the time, because, you know, in the infancy of technology and infancy of any technology, it's always more expensive then than it is now. Um, but um, we had, uh, we thought it was, we thought it was groundbreaking and we thought it was, you know, something that every broadcast should have on every putt on every green. Sure. Um, we had folks in our own shop who weren't convinced. Um, one of them was Nick Faldo. And when we brought it out for, for real at the uh, event at Kapalua, Nick was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to promote this. I don't believe in it. I don't think it works. I don't think it, you know, can really do what you say it, say it can do. And we took him out to a green where we had it and I had him read the putt and hit the putt where he thought it should be hit. And then we showed him the overlay of the aim point line where the putt should be hit. And he looked at it and hit the putt along that line and it went in. And he hit another putt along that line and it went in. 
And then he backed off and he said, take that away. And he looked at it again and read it differently, read it his way, hit it his way and missed. And he said, I'm in. So after <laughs> that, Nick was a, you know, he was a huge proponent of it. Um, the problem with it was, again, it was really expensive and um, we could only do it on a couple of the greens. Sure. So because we couldn't afford to map out, you know, and have the technology on every green. So we always did it on the 18th green. We always picked a couple more greens that were more slopey than others. Um, but we submitted it for an Emmy um, that year and won. <laughs> we were you know, the only person that went to the Emmy Awards representing us was our uh, vice president of production, Tony Tortorisi, who was a huge, you know, I mean, he we wouldn't have been able to do it without him. He, you know, he yeah. fought for it all the way and convinced, you know, Joe and, and Bob Greenway that, you know, it's something that we needed to put on our broadcast. So, you know, it was a huge thank you to Tony. But he was the only one that went because nobody expected. I mean, we were the golf channel. You know, we were barely a blip. You know, on the even then, even 10 years, you know, into our existence, we were barely a blip on anybody's radar screen in terms of awards. We never won yeah. an Emmy before. You know, we'd never even been considered for one. And so Tony, you know, Tony's acceptance speech was more one of disbelief than, you know, than than Yeah. Oh, sure. Thanks. But um, it was, it's, you know, it was. You know, I've got friends, Jeff, and you've got friends, I'm sure, that have won all kinds of awards. And I have friends who have 20 of them, you know, they have, right. you know, they worked Olympics, they worked US Opens, they worked Masters, they worked, you know, um, and so they, you know, they have, you know, they, they, they don't, I know guys that don't know where half of where their Emmys are. And for me, it's like, I will always, you know, I mean, it's one of the proudest moments of my broadcasting career is winning one of those things, because they don't come easy. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a source of pride for me for our entire team, that we won the first Emmy in the history of the golf channel. Well, and now Faldo's out, uh, Hawk and golf shoes. So, right? you know, come on, it's okay. <laughs> so, um, I know, right. <laughs> yeah. He's doing the squares or whatever they are. And I, I always kind of chuckle about that because right? I never, I never thought you would see Faldo promoting a product like that. You know, maybe his golf schools and for his junior golfers and things like that. But uh, he seems to have turned a corner there, Keith. As yeah, far well, as you know, I, and I, I, I worked with Nick. And I was lucky enough to work, and I say lucky enough because I really enjoyed working with Nick. Um, sure. You know, he was a bit of a. It was a bit of a struggle to get him to buy in completely with what we were doing in the very beginning. But um, you know, he. He always, I, I always felt like he brought his best to our broadcasts. And, and, you know, I also kind of think he likes money, Jeff. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure his, I'm sure his deal with Square Shoes is probably a, a pretty Nick Faldo uh, generous one. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, that change gears here for a second, Keith. We're talking about people, um, oh, Nick Faldo and, uh, Lanny Watkins and these kind of guys, they would, if they had a really good year, they would earn as much as like a fourth or fifth place winner at the masters. Now, right. you know, they never really say it once in a while they allude to it, but it's got to kind of irritate them a little bit too. Um, uh, especially when you get down on those, I mean, all the guys that make and the gals 
in both both tours you know if they're making the top 10 they're really exceptional golfers i mean there's no doubt about that they'd have to be just to be there but i'm thinking that probably some of those older tour players are sitting back there and they're going man i could i i was better than that guy and this guy made 12 million bucks last year and he, he never won a thing you know what what's your take on that I, I think that's a hundred percent correct. I think there has to be some, some envy or some, you know, like some, some, I wouldn't, I don't regrets, not the right word because they, they played when they played, you know, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, Nick Fallo was one of the greatest players on the planet and, you know, he didn't get the financial windfall that, you know, the folks, the players that are of his caliber caliber, which are quite frankly, very few these days, right, right? You know, to your point, I mean, the guy who's you know 60th in the world is making as much as Nick Faldo made in a year, or you know, will 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 have made in five years what Nick Faldo made in his entire career. And then Nick also didn't have the benefit of a of an Arnold Palmer or Jack Nicholas who, or Tiger, but Tiger's in a class all by himself, obviously, of the off off course endorsement right. money, you know, that those guys were able to accrue. So. You know, I think Nick would probably look back and say, you know, when all said and done, if he's honest with himself, I think he's probably like, listen, I had a great career and I did what I could do and and sure played as well as I could have played and made what I made. But man, would I have liked to have been that good playing now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. Uh, you hear it once in a while when they refer to it and they'll say. <clears throat> They'll say something like, well, that's an $800,000 putt, you know, and little references yeah. like that. And you can tell there's a little twinge behind it when they say it. And it's not particularly a yeah. bad thing. It's just like, I could play all year and not win $800,000, right. you know, right. like that. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about when well, you were listening to Greg Norman? I think when, yeah. when, before we did the show here, what's your take on all that? Gosh, that's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I have I have mixed feelings or mixed emotion. I mean, I I kind of part of me applauds Greg for the concept yeah. of, you know, I mean, one of the things about golf, one of the great things about professional golf is that, you know, there are no guaranteed contracts. There are no, you know, it's you 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 play if you make the cut you get a paycheck um a lot of people think that's wrong especially in the world today of you know i mean what chris bryant yesterday just signed for 170 million dollars over right you know x amount of years and i'm sure a ton of that is guaranteed money if he never takes another swing in a batter's box i mean mm -hmm. people look at people who play golf look at their sport and say you know, that's not fair. We should at least be able to pay our expenses or get something. It looks like in this, in this Norman endeavor, part of that is, you know, I think there's some, you know, obviously some guaranteed money in there. If he's really, if they're really playing for $20 million a week and it's 54 holes with no cut, I mean, that's guaranteed money, right? Right. So, you know, guys are going to be able to, you know, not that these guys can't feed their families, but you know, right. there's something to be said for that. Um, I think there's some misconceptions about, you know, 
well, Greg, Greg's a polarizing figure. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no matter what he does, there are going to be people that, that don't like it just because they don't like him. I'm not in that camp. I've never had an issue with Greg. You know, I've dealt with him on a number of occasions, either at skins games when I was first starting out in my career or at his tournament at Mayakoba on the PGA tour or, you know, and other things. And he's always been nice to me and a gentleman. And, you know, I've, I've never had an issue with Greg, but I think it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out legally. Right. I think they're going ahead with this thing. I think players are going to play in it. And I think the PGA tour is going to try and resist that, but I'm just not sure they can do it how much of an extent they can do that legally. So I'm really kind of fascinated on a number of fronts by it. Sure. What about you? I, I'm in the same boat as you are there. Um, I think as soon as we get more, we get more information. I noticed there were some, there were some um, tournaments announced the other day. And honestly, I didn't have time to read what they were. One's up in your area, Pumpkin Ridge. Well, there you go. See, I'll be there then. Yeah, um, but I think once that got out there and they said, OK, we have X number of tournaments that we've got already and we're shooting for another four or what doesn't matter what that is. And we can do that. Then it doesn't just become hyperbole. It becomes real. Yeah. And so much of what we've heard over the last year is hyperbole, you know, and then you get somebody like our buddy, Phil. <laughs> um. I think I think he just needs a long vacation is all to me. But, you know, he's out there throwing bombs and stuff, not hitting bombs. He's throwing right. bombs. Right. And, and it, I don't think any of that does us any good. What doesn't matter on which side of the equation or if you're dead set in the middle. I don't think situations like what Phil was doing help. And I like Phil. I don't know him, but I, yeah. I, I always found him entertaining to watch. Um, never gave up you know, uh, for most of the time. And, uh, that's kind of where I stand. I just want to see it play out and, and you're right. I don't know what your, your brother slash lawyer in LA would say about it, but it will be interesting to see how the PGA tour actually reconciles with this over a period of time. Yeah. I mean, I think that when, what I'm reading, I was listening to, to Colt knows, um, and those guys, Drew and Colt, doing their interview with Greg before you and I started chatting. And, you know, it, it seems like um, Norman and his group have, you know, they've they've adapted to what what complications or what obstacles have been put in front of them. And I, I think in the beginning it was like going to be, you know, the top. 10 in the world and they were going to pay him all kinds of money and they were going to do this thing and they had to be committed to every event on this new endeavor or they couldn't play in any of them and now it's more like we're just going to see you know uh, we're going to get as many players as we can and it doesn't matter from what tour they come and they don't have to play them all they can play in three or four two or three or four of them if they want whatever fits into their schedule. It's, you know, they're, they're trying to schedule events that aren't against majors or aren't against legacy PGA tour events. Some might argue that scheduling an event against the Canadian open is fine in the face of that. But, you know, I think the Canadian open has lost a lot of its luster over the, over the yeah. last dozen years. So, you know, I think that, you know, I think Greg for all Greg's faults, I think he has a, in concept, I think it's a it's not a bad idea. 
I would look forward to seeing what they do in terms of a presentation. Um, if it's an opportunity for some creative TV folks to do something a little different in golf television, I'm all for that. So I, I don't know. I'm keeping an open mind. Yeah, we will, you know, we will see. Uh, if they went and snagged a couple of uh, players from like the Corn Ferry Tour, yep. that would be a huge leap for those yep. folks. The Asian you know? Tour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's all good. So when do you get to start playing golf this year, Keith? You were, we were talking before the show about, you know, the, your your practice area was opened up for you know, two and a half minutes and yeah. then the snows came again. So tell us yeah. uh, what's your game plan on that this year? Well, it's what, you know, it's one of the, one of the joys and one of the frustrations of living in a beautiful place like Colorado Springs, you'll have two days in a row, three days in a row of 65 degrees and beautiful sunshine. And you think, Oh my gosh, spring is here. And then you wake up to three and a half feet of snow on the ground. And, <laughs> you know, those, those plants have to change a little, uh, I know I'm Sarah and I are heading out to back East. We're going to take a little golf trip to the, to the Pinehurst area. Right. Um, in May, I hope to at least get the clubs out and hit, hit a few balls in anger before that. Um, okay. But if I don't, you know, at, at the state of my game, it's probably not going to make a whole lot of difference. <laughs> um so I'm like, you know, I, I played more golf last summer than I had in a dozen years. And I was really thrilled about that. And I'm looking forward to, you know, to playing an, an equal amount this summer. And, uh, you know, I've kind of rekindled my love for the game over the last few years and, you know, manage my expectations. I'm getting a lot better at that, Jeff. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, you know. I'm, th- I'm a lot th- better at standing on the first tee and having no, no expectations of a score. So it's just play it hole by hole and see what happens. Yeah. I threw mine away. My <laughs> expectations. I just yeah. checked them. I just did that. Keith Hirschlin. Great to talk to you again today, my friend. And don't forget folks, his new book out there, song girl. Can you see? Oh, I green screen the damn thing. Uh, song girl there. I recommend it. It's a lot of fun. And um, I will tell you that I'm, I don't read a lot of fiction. I'm kind of a autobiography kind of guy, historical thing, but I love this book and not just because I know Keith, but I really did love it. So I recommend it for you, but Keith, thank you for taking the time. It's always a pleasure, Jeff. Call anytime. I know you've got a great slate of guests. I always love listening to your shows and it both, you know, the grilling ones and the golf ones. Um, It's always, they're always a great listen and, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your friendship and, and everything that you've done for me. So thanks. Well, you're most welcome. And it's a mutual admiration society here, my friend. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Until then, folks, uh, have some fun. Try to go play some golf. And if not, at least be nice to somebody. Take care.